0: podcast where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with the fandom. I'm your host, Janet, and on today's episode, we're talking all about the 90s. Joining me today is Steve G. and from the 90s podcast.
1: What up? Yeah, thank you for having us. Oh my gosh,
0: thank you. You guys, I got to do you guys' podcast. I had a freaking blast. I mean, I don't think I've had that much fun on a podcast in a long, long time, let alone talk about nerdy stuff uh nostalgic 90s stuff and i felt like we needed a 90s episode on our pod uh, you know on our podcast and on tgon and who better to have than you two
2: i'm honored. i mean i don't even know how to like come back with anything at that i'm honored just to be here shannon
0: oh man i'm
1: blushing on the inside
0: (laughs) you know what uh i give you guys props because you guys do a video podcast and a podcast and i've already said multiple times i don't have that level of skill so uh i bow down to you i am not worthy i am not worthy i have uh, to make my film
2: degree worth something shannon i mean for yeah. god's sake sally may's taking my soul i have to get some of something out of it so
0: you got to use that creative brain i always tell my husband i was like i got to use my creative side otherwise i feel like i'm just wasting away at life here now um Gotta, gotta do it, whether it's writing an article, podcasting. I mean, I even miss being on the convention floor. I'm kind of excited now that conventions are back. because so I'm like, oh, I need to be back with my people. I feel like I've just been around regular humans for too long and the nerds, I haven't seen nerds. So like I said, I... Thoroughly enjoyed being on your guys' podcast. Uh, you are my people. I've come to learn. Um, you are definitely my kind of people. <laughs> They're here to talk about the 90s. But before we start, we like to start our podcast with what has been taking your money? What have you been obsessing about? It doesn't have to be 90s related. But what currently have you guys been obsessing about?
1: Man, well, I. you know what? It's like, when you did our show, I, I saw your collection. And that was just a portion of the funko. Like, I... That was a reminder, like, dude, I need to step my game up. Because you have, like, more Marvel dolls than actual Marvel characters, I noticed. And, it, like, it, the spirit of Stan Lee looked at your collection It was like, <laughs> I, I never even thought of it. Like, oh, well, yeah. You, like, you just can't yeah. see them.
0: Stan Lee's are up here just above me. Uh They yeah there is the only thing we do have to bitch i will say that us marvel funko collectors you'll notice that they do a lot of repeats of the same character like do we really need 80 different groups like do we really
2: yeah apparently it's, it's yes. ever growing my wife would yeah. say yes she loves that character
1: i don't get it but hey
0: did you, did, did you get more funkos
1: um man right now i i just have three that i bought since i moved to atlanta but I have like various ones that I left back in Ohio that, I, that I'm going to send for. I'm going to send for one day. And, um, like m- mine varies. It, it, like, I have some, I think I have black Panther, uh, but I also have Sophia from golden girls. I have Ric Flair. Uh, I have LeBron James, anthony Ooh. davis um and, and uh stefan from snl because i'm that kind of fucking <laughs> Fine, what? He, he yeah uh, so- uh, i i have a random array, around- and that's the beauty of those things because like they have some that you like oh my god you have one for that like i never thought they had a stefan one uh and that shit is hilarious i fucks with bill haters bill haters is my shit and so I was like yeah gotta have that
0: yeah, I gotta I yeah. we got my brother teletubby ones for his birthday that were limited edition that funko released only to the funko yeah. shop and so when they do those kind of things um you know they're usually limited edition and they're hard to get and stuff like that and my brother opens the box he goes holy fuck they made teletubbies and i go yep they made all four of the teletubbies <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. you think of a franchise i bet you funko uh you know has done it if not they're on a mission to do it uh yeah. So it's always exciting to see what's coming out. Recently, Funko uh, pissed everybody off with more Up, do- Doug the Dog from Up. Like, how many more Up? You know, how many more Dugs do we really need? Can we get some more other characters? So,
1: so that's a thing. Like, people are really like re- craving yeah. that specific character. I mean, soon there's
2: going to be ones of us. They're just going to actively make, because they're running out of things to do. It's like they've made NFL, all the NFL players, all the NBA players, and soon it's just going to be Steve G. and wow, They're just going to go to a hot topic and be like, what the hell? And it's just you as a pop, and that's you what's going to happen. You
0: to Funko and make yourself, it, basically. It, oh my god. You, you can go to headquarters and make your own, like, Funko of yourself, which is, that's the cool thing about going to headquarters, is doing these kind of things. The biggest thing that Funko, I think, kind of capitalizes on is that, you know, they know we're going to buy into these franchises, and for a lot of us collectors, we're completionists. Like, if you start one set, you have to have all of them. We gave up after like, probably as we got closer to Endgame Infinity War, we're like, all right, we're done. There's no way we need 80 Brutes, you know, to be completionists of Marvel. um, But you do, though.
1: But but you do,
0: though. (laughs) But we thinned him down. Like, we our biggest bitches we'd like to have characters that marvel hasn't done a character at all of or you haven't seen in that movie or want like uh uh wong from uh uh doctor strange they didn't make one of him and we're like where is beyonce why do we to have <laughs> beyonce
2: People love that character too. They yeah. he's like in the Shang Chi trailer for uh, maybe even I I think it's him, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Wong's yeah. here!" Like,
0: what yeah. the characters are still missing that we don't have? So that's kind of our good bitch. So when Funko releases something new, like right now they're in the uh, heat of you know releasing their summertime convention stuff. <laughs> And they'll release a, like a Disney pop or a Funko Marvel pop that we already have, or the Blacklight, you know, like Marvel mm. Blacklight. So we're like, why? But they'll go and they'll get released. And literally on eBay, they will be three, four times what you bought them for, um, because people are completionists and they want to have everything. And yeah, I gave up on the completionist part. There's very few collections in our house that we're actually complete on, because once again, Funko constant new
1: shit every year. It and, and, and I will say out of the crazes in American history, I think this this one kicks ass because like there was the cabbage patch thing in the 80s and then the beady babies thing in the 90s oh, yeah. and the these look cooler. They I think they're like longer lasting um like I maybe 20 years from now people will look back on them, but like people I feel will still be collecting them because they just have a cool look for one and cool always outshadows every like if, if it's cool shit it's gonna sell
0: yeah once again, like the beady babies like everyone wanted a different animal like oh yeah you got the same thing with pokemon when we were kids like oh i've got to have charizard i've got to have Bulbasaur. funko has made it like that exclusive oh i need to have wonder woman with her shield and wonder woman with her lasso and wonder woman yeah. is this jet you know like They know we're going to buy it, and if you're a diehard, I mean, I remember um, when the Rugrats line for Funko came out, my 90s friends who never even collected Funko, they're like, I have to have the Rugrats.
2: Mine are the sitcom ones, like whenever they have Frasier ones that they just brought out, and we're like waiting so we can get all the ones that we want out of that, but uh, yeah. I used to have collection. I was the collector guy. I had toy collections Move. Steve has witnessed my DVD collection. they used to be mail. Oh, I mean, man. it looked like your wall, it's, but it was it, it was the
1: equivalent of that yep
0: yeah. Yep.
2: um and I had to sell them because I was you know in the midst of moves or just being broke as hell. I you know, yeah. you have to sell those man. things off and as soon as it's like, damn i sold every movie i love you know i just hesitate when, to do that but i've gotten back heard. into it i actually have maybe because
1: of you guys when, when you told me that my heart stopped a little bit man. oh dude because like it, okay. there
2: were so many singular it's like sucks when you do that because there were like things that you i just happened to find someplace i was like yeah. i don't even know where to get that You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Now, like you have some shit that like now is obsolete, man. You had some deep cuts. Oh
0: yeah. That's how we feel about the Funko because a lot of the, I mean, we started collecting in 2013. Funko was just starting to get back onto the bandwagon. They started with Wacky Wobblers and then the Funkos came out when they started to be able to buy out the franchise licensing. And, and, we are in the process of purging our, our, kind of our collection right now, because one it's a bitch to fucking move these things. And two, Andy, the animal yeah. is hell about moving these things. Cause they're all in pristine little boxes. He wants them to be moved and stacked a certain way, all that kind of stuff. But I always tell him like, he'll be like, Oh, the Marvel rooms next, the Marvel rooms next. I'm like, you don't step foot in this office. Like you're not allowed to touch this office until you've cleared the rest <laughs> of the house. Because The problem is, just like you were just saying about the nostalgia and the things you're not going to be able to get back, there's a lot of things in this room that once it leaves our house, we will A, never be able to get back, or B, we'll never be able to find it in the condition that it currently is in because a lot of these were sold at a specific convention that doesn't exist anymore. Um, It has a sticker that, you know, if you doesn't have that sticker, then, you know, then you're out of luck. Or, you know, like uh, our favorite one is Headless Nick from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. A lot of people didn't realize when they went to that Comic-Con and got that pop, a lot of people took them out of the boxes and you know threw it all out. That was yeah. only a 1,500 release of them, and now that's one of the most expensive Game of Thrones pops if you can find it still in box with this, you know, wow. in good yeah. The likelihood of finding it in that good condition, you've got to be a collector like us who values it as a grail that it is. So that's why I always tell my husband, I'm like, don't touch the Marvel room until we're ready, because... Yeah. Some of that stuff I am not going to, I am not going to be able to get back when you have the regrets, like you did when you sold Game of oh Thrones God. and Big Bang yeah, Theory and all those big, I mean, we sold yeah. all our Walking Dead, all of our Game of Thrones right in the height of it. And my husband goes, know. oh my God, if I had just holding on to it for a couple more months, I would have made triple or, you know, what I would have on it or, um, you know, or I didn't want to let it go. I can't get it back
2: I'm trying to well, buy a GameCube yeah. now. I My birthday was last, well, this past week, um, yeah. 38. So this is what Happy 38 birthday. looks like, for everybody. Uh, but I am in the Happy midst of birthday, trying to buy. Old Stop old it, Stan. man. How dare Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, old man. <laughs> Happy birthday, old man. Wait, it's like I'm at the Olive Garden Happy right birthday, now. Happy birthday, old man. <laughs>
1: We'll be the same age in a month. Yeah, I was about to
2: say, Steve, you (laughs) better shut up. Um, But anywho, I am in the midst of trying to buy a GameCube, uh, a system I used to love, Nintendo. Shout out Nintendo GameCube. And I had it. And again, it was one of those things I had to move. I was broke and I sold it. Now I'm trying to get it again. So that's where I'm throwing my money. Uh, Maybe it's because I've been talking to you guys so much, but... uh, just nostalgia trip things. Like, very specific old things I want to get back. But other than that, I'm just waiting on new Marvel shows to come out. And that's basically it. I
0: told my brother that he needs to bring out the old N64. Uh, because oh, that I wish I, I would have feel-
2: sold that. I don't even know where that went. I think my mom just gave that away. And that... My-
0: my brother had Man. all of ours with our original controllers. My mom got to the point where she bought us colored controllers. You remember they were the gem colored, like pink oh, yeah. and blue and all that? Yeah, my mom and bought L's us and... all different colors because we would fight over the controller because, of course, my yeah. brother who played it all the time, he'd break the middle part. So, of course, it never worked right. My mom finally got to point. No, no, no. Yours is the broken red controller, <laughs> Richard. That is yours. The, way, the, the, the joystick. You yeah, The
1: joystick was... Well, like that was essential if the joystick was broken like i mean the whole thing to do yeah yeah like because a lot of those games required you like using that to some extent yeah that's
2: what broke all my controllers me and my friends rage throwing controllers at each other because somebody chose odd jobs and that was just like the ultimate cheat character fuck Odd jobs
1: by the way that game gave me migraines i would play it like (laughs) relentlessly like I I, I think I, like more than any other game when it was first released, I would sit there and like I gotta beat this next level, man. And you had, the, had to like, beat I, it on yeah. different
2: tiers. Yeah. See, that's what nobody yeah. I keep talking to remembers. It was like you bite you had to beat the level, but then you had to beat it in oh. like specific oh. ways to like beat that game. So
1: like <laughs> go golden <laughs> was the first game that like maybe take shit personal. Like oh yeah, like I I would like, really got like dude, you really want to like hey dude, you want to do this shit? Yeah. Like <laughs> People, I, that, it, it was when you were getting to make me...
2: losing a lot too. It's yeah. like you keep getting beat by that one kid, and it's just like you just can't. It's just never gonna overcome, and you just start raging out. And then that's at what point my friend or somebody would like throw a controller.
1: It, it would get there. Like Gold and I will get you. Like, hey, dude, what you looking at? And the dude would like not really be looking at you. Like, you yeah. say something. Like, br- like breathe. Take another <laughs> breath, bro. Like, dude, it was, that's how, what that was the first game to do that. Like yeah. that kind of. True. You
0: used to get yeah. irate at the computer. Like, I remember that being the first game my brother would get irate at the computer because, like you said, he would be playing the game and my mom would walk through the door and be like, Do you want to
1: it, it would turn you into like damn near a cannibal, like on some Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Like, I will fucking eat your face off. <laughs> like, dude, say another fucking thing to me. Don't like, look in my direction one more time. And, and I you could say brutal fucking...
2: shit to somebody. Like, you and I, as friends, could be say the most ruthless stuff and it wouldn't matter at all. We'd laugh at it. But you start being somebody too bad in Madden or Goldeneye. It's like, dude, I'm about to, we're about to go outside right now. Huh, exactly. Right now.
0: There were many fist fights in our house over Mario Kart. Like, just oh, God. my brother choosing Rainbow Road because that was his shit. Like, every single time. Like, it just, yeah, no, too many fists fights. have
2: one of those, like, little SNES systems. They just, you can buy, like, Target now that has a bunch of games on it. And it has Mario Kart on it. And uh, we had our nephew here staying at my apartment. And we played the battle, like, the thing with the balloons. Balloons, yeah, the battle. Yeah. I forgot about that. And we started playing it and I'm used to just being in my apartment with my wife. So it'd be like, fuck, fuck. And I was like, he was beating me. And I was like, you little (laughs) good job, bud. Like you fucking son of a bitch. How how does Pappy, he's like nine years old, dude. And was annihilating. me. Yeah. I mean, he's heard it, but it was like, I don't want to be like yelling in this
1: kid's face. Like you little fucking, Hey, he'll appreciate it one day. It gives you character.
0: You know, I I find it fun that when the little kids can beat me at a game that I know that I'm shit at, because my nanny kids, like, there was a long reign of, like, just, I was the Just Dance queen. Like, nobody could beat Channing the nanny at Just Dance. And then one freaking day, one summer, my 13-year-old, shout out to Jake, beat me on Just Dance. And you would have thought he had won the fucking gold at the Olympics. Like, straight up, straight up. Called his mom, work. Yeah. his mom is like, know there's no way." I go, "No, he should just see me at just dance." I don't know. I don't know where what happened, but
1: did you punch him?
0: <laughs> uh, I, was like, I was being paid and I was on the job, and
1: uh, uh, they're police officers. The it job. wasn't gonna go uh, well.
0: So. Uh pretty nice but it's, it's you know i think it also is for a kid to beat an adult it's like i remember yeah. beating my dad <laughs> at you know super mario brothers and you know the i remember playing him at uh mario kart and my brother and i just beating the shit out of him. my dad's like i don't fucking understand this game like this is the real race car driving my dad is a race car driver like real racing.
1: That's a big moment, though. Like that's a monument in the in the little sibling, the little cousins' like video game career when he beats the big brother, the big sister, the big cousin.
0: My cousin heard your watched your guys's podcast episode and uh, got to the part of us talking about semen. Where I told your guys' viewers to go Google semen. Absolutely, <laughs> please don't do that. And my cousin goes, I fucking remember playing that game at your guys' house and thought that it was the weirdest freaking game ever. And then my brother, like, it turned into this rabbit hole where me and my brother then got involved in the conversation. And, like, they started adding videos. And we found the most weirdest YouTube videos that these people made of the of the game. But once again, you guys, I want the game
1: just so I can play it. I don't want to Sega Dreamcast. I just want to have that
0: nostalgic moment
1: of playing Sea Man again. But what what format was it on? Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. Okay. Like you know what with Sega, like some of those games, they would have like I feel like in your windows in the background, like maybe like they had. I, I know they had some like potheads working in the development. Be like, man, maybe if we sneak this in, we <laughs> get over their head. But some people might get it.
2: That game seemed like a CIA experiment, though. Like, that's what that game was. It was like a social experiment type thing yeah. where they were like, let's see what weird shit comes out of this. Because you had to, like, speak into a mic, which I'm assuming they somehow could get a recording. I, you know, this is, like, way back in the day. But it's like all, and the fish had a human face.
0: Yeah. So somebody got paid for their face. Because, like, someone yes. is seaman out
1: in the world. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, like, that would be yeah, weird man, if you know what We're going that. to call <laughs> yeah, it C man. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. We put see, It's cool. It's funny because we'll have semen on our on our video game, and they'll be selling at Walmart. And the jokes on them, dude, It's called <laughs> semen, dude. Just don't
2: spell it right, bro. Yeah, bro. Now thinking about it, you guys, I think yeah, somebody at Sega Dreamcast <laughs> took way too many bomb loads one day and looked at a
0: tamagotchi and oh. and and, uh, and just went, oh, this is what we need to that do." That
2: seems more realistic. Like the CIA, that seems like too rudimentary. Steve's right. Mm-hmm. It was just like. Cheech's cousin, like, yo, dude, like, what if we make a game about fucking sperm? And some guys, like, that's crazy, dude. You're gonna talk to a sea. It's like, we can't make you talk to just a semen, like, okay, a fish with a human head. I don't know.
1: Uh, we'll on. get away with it because it's like, because kids can, like, they can relate to it. They know it's fish and it's a man.
2: One last question about this, though, now that I'm just, like, working this through in my head. Do you guys think that that movie that came out called The Shape of Water, where the woman, like, fell in love with the fish, was somehow based in some experience with that semen game? Because That movie was
1: difficult to watch. The Shape of Water, I call it the film of trash.
2: They made that movie before, and it was called Hellboy, and it was much better. It was the exact same shit
0: is ten times better, but I did see a meme this week. Did you guys know that the kids from the Magic School Bus grew up to be the kids from Captain Planet?
1: Yeah, I did see that, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you look at the pictures of the kids from Magic School Bus, they grew up into the Captain Planet kids, and here is my plea to God and everybody else. Please freaking bring back Captain Planet. For the love of God, bring back Captain Planet. I feel like that's a 90s TV show that just needs to be brought back for the good of the world.
2: It's I mean, timeless it, and, and they like, could make it applicable to today too. You know, that still happened. Captain planet did not succeed back then. I don't know where he went. I have no idea. But Like let's get fucking wheeler back here and shit. Just to fucking blade. I, I mean, that show would be actually be bombed. They made they brought back Voltron. So why not?
0: They brought back masters, yeah. masters of the universe. they brought so, so many different shows back. Uh, what kind of symbolizes the nineties for you guys? Cause I know like for everybody, when I talk to them, Oh, nineties means things uh, means this to me. And it's very personal. Steve, what is like the nineties mean to you?
1: Nineties is the best, like, you know, and it might make me sound like a curmudgeon man, like, Oh, it'll never be this good. But like, I honestly feel like it won't because like, yeah, there are some things that are good. Here and there, I mean, obviously, technology is a lot better than the 90s. Um, but as far as creativity um, and in the art field, and by art, I mean all of the performing arts, whether it's movies, television shows, cartoons, um, and then of course the music. It's it's just the best. Like you, you don't get. R and B like you used to. You don't like. There's no R and B groups. There's no boys to Men. There's no Joe to see, Tony Tony Tone. No TLC. No SWV. Uh, everybody's a solo singer. And now there's this like blend of R and B and rap. Like a lot of the R and B singers are kind of like borderline rappers now. And so yeah. like you don't have that uh, acapella. Um, Bell Biv DeVoe. Like they like R and B. Like it was just dynamic. That it, 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 it hits you. That's what that. And then sports. It's the best. Like we got to see the best of the bigs. Uh, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kim And then, of course, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, yeah. Penny Hardaway. Like that was a thing. The best comedy. I could go on. But it, I mean,
2: it's just you stole basically all my stuff, Steve. But I will say, like for us, like in the 90s, one thing that at least for me, I experienced a lot was like. The small neighborhood group of friends thing. you see. I mean, very ideal yeah. in movies and stuff. But I definitely had that in Ohio and Pennsylvania where I grew up. Like a lot of just like hanging out, doing shit that I can't even imagine is fathomable Well, now, like riding around yeah. on my bike, no cell phones, uh, yeah. just being like, hey, going out, going to my buddies like miles away on my bike and just doing shit like that wrestling for me I mean Steve and I always heavily talk about it I mean I got a Shawn Michaels t-shirt on Heartbreak Kid shout out wrestling in general like Hulk Hogan all the way through like DX and stuff like that stuff that we took from being little kids all the way to like through high school really I mean I think what we got in the 90s was we were like right in the middle and then, yeah. you know, that sort of all synthesized all these things that we love, like that Steve said about the music and everything. We got to be in the pocket of that and see like the old way kind of die and be right at the top where like we saw the internet start yeah. shit like that. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. We're the first generation that sort of gets to see the gestalt of all that, if that makes sense. No,
0: nope, it totally makes sense. Cause I was on your guys' out there talking about how slow the 90s were. It was like I remember days where I literally watched TV all freaking day. Like I did not mm-hmm. get up from the couch other to get a snack or pee pee because I knew the Nickelodeon rotation and what was coming on that day. Mm-hmm. It, like you say, things that we fathom we couldn't do now. Like I couldn't send my daughter out in the backyard and tell her, Hey, come back at dinner time. Uh I could yeah. not, you know, the choices of TV now completely is overwhelming. We have so many channels, we have so many platforms, we have so many choices libraries that, okay what what's good what's not you know our parents it was pbs nickelodeon or disney channel i mean re- or cartoon network okay if you we were you were one of the lucky chosen who got to watch cartoon network too those were really the only kids' yeah.
1: the, the thing with like the reboots and everything i i feel like A lot of that has to do with these mega companies acquiring libraries. Um, We talked about that on our show where it's like, that's kind of been the death knell on creativity. That's why I feel like there's more unique ideas running rampant during the nineties decade. Like, you know, Disney and Viacom, they're buying out libraries. So it's like, we don't need to like waste our time thinking of novel ideas and new thoughts. Like we have tons of things we can pick from, and we could just like reboot it, give it a new voice, new uh, performer. Uh, we own this shit. Like if if Disney wanted to, they can shoot an X Men movie where uh, Miss Piggy is blowing Wolverine because like they they can. <laughs> like it's like we 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 own it. Like what the fuck? We own this Jim Henson shit, this Disney shit, this Marvel shit. What the fuck? Like if we wanted to do that shit, we will. And like it's that is like gangster. Space Jam just tried
0: to do with a new reboot. Like, Space Jam is like, oh, my got we, we're Warner Brothers. We own all of these franchises. Let's throw them into the new Space Jam movie and see how it does with LeBron James. I yep. saw it, and for a 90th kid who was, I mean, I loved Space Jam. I thought that was the coolest freaking movie. The fact that, Michael Jordan, athlete, was in the movie. I remember the Looney Tunes store. I don't know if you guys had a Looney Tune store near your guys's house, but it was Something set up yeah. like the old school Disney store where you could like they had like a playground and everything was like fun to go play in. But you had it Looney Tune style, and they had like a huge screen where kids could sit and watch the Looney Tune car- cartoons while mom and dad shopped and everything throughout the store. And I remember that being such a huge deal and, and just loving that store and go like, Mom, please, can we go to the mall with the Disney and the Moody Tooth store? So when I saw the new Space Jam, I'm not a huge fan of LeBron James um, because I just i just oh, am not. Come on. We're from
2: Ohio, Shannon. Can't you just, like, suck it up a little? You don't have to hate on the man.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. That's me sucking the joy out of it all. But, Steve's leaving
2: right now. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> it wasn't LeBron. It was the fact that they tried to park so much into that movie and tried so hard. Well, I think just-
2: what was you hate about it is what everyone was scared about with what Steve said, like with Disney, where they have everything. And every when yeah. they did it, everyone's like, You can't put dead people in movies with Darth Vader and fucking, you know, Spider-Man. Don't do that. I I don't want to hate on Space Jam because I don't want to like hop on that bandwagon. It's a kid's movie. It's not terrible. It's not b- great, but uh, I think the reason I hated it is for that reason. Though. It's like, don't cut away to fucking Pennywise. I don't need all this. Like, just make the move. Put Bill Murray in. Do something yeah. to make this movie better because that's what you need to focus
1: on. I, I, I like it. I, I might be on a lonely island on it, but it's like, we're. And it, you might look at it as, like, weird flex, but okay. But, I mean, we got it. It's like, if no, it's if, 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 if we can use it, like, this is a summer movie. Let's let's make this, uh, let's throw some diamonds on this bitch with, uh, like, let's make this the biggest <laughs> shit. Let's throw LeBron James and Don Cheadle. Yeah, the dude from Iron Man. Yeah, let's have him turning into a computer. And we're going to throw some Casablanca and some uh, goddamn uh, Matrix and uh, fucking Austin Powers. Because yeah. we can fucking do it and shit like rick flair said you might not like it you might not love it but learn to live with it
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i mean you just sold me steve i'm in um, I'm, I'm fine with it
0: there are a lot of kind of nostalgic movies that came out of the 90s i feel like the 90s was a, a disney era of movies now we are spoiled now with disney movies like every other month i feel like we get some kind of new disney release marvel release some kind of that um we got, like, one movie a year when we were kids from Disney, oh, yeah. and it, that was, like, the pride and joy, like, oh, Lion King is coming out. That was, like, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Lion King. Um, That's oh, the wow. goat. That's,
1: yeah. That, That's that lion That lion shit is the goat shit, yeah. when it, especially right? when it comes, yeah, this, the, the Disney summer blockbuster, they take the cake. I remember yeah.
2: seeing Aladdin like I remember yeah. seeing that experience of being in the movie theater very clearly because that movie it's not as good as Lion King to me but Aladdin's another one that movie is the shit not that the new one, it, one. yeah
0: Marvel likes the new one the music she likes Will Smith so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give her that because she's got that musical talent so maybe it's just a music thing. Um, for me it was Beauty and the Beast. Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. I felt like seeing those in theaters was like the most jaw yeah, dropping yeah. experience for me as a kid. I mean, the a- animation is gorgeous, but there's also a lot of movies that weren't really Disney that were fucking awesome in that era. Like I always loved Firm Gully. Um, we talked about Great Space Jam movie. early. Uh people forget about uh willy came out during that time during this era of goodness like how many times did we want to be you know touching the killer whale jumping over jumping over us seeing the michael jackson song
2: that movie's scary yeah. i'm gonna be honest Wait. with you that movie always really? terrified me killer whales terrify
1: me I don't the know ocean scares
0: me but the killer whale i was like all for the killer whale <laughs>
1: my, mine was uh lion king and little mermaid like that, that's my number two right there um
2: I mean I Lion King it was so good man like
1: it's yeah it's hard to beat you can't
0: really beat Darth, you know Mufasa as, you know Darth Vader like who else could fucking top that
1: that's a timeless story yeah um on, on top of the performers the original performers um I mean James Earl Jones I mean thankfully he was he was still here to do the the remake the the live action yeah. Um, So that alone. And then Robert Galone, uh R.I.P., the guy who played Benson. That's like probably mm-hmm. his claim to fame. Uh Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And uh, the, uh what's the guy? Um, Jason, Jason Weaver. Yep. Jason Weaver.
2: But it they did. Around, there man. were there were a lot of good animated movies that weren't Disney, too. You know, I mean, I always don't know. Like, I don't feel like it gets enough credit. But who framed Roger Rabbit to me was that
0: is so good. I mean,
2: it's a great movie, and it's kind of it's very. It's like when they started making like adult cartoon movies because that movie's fucking dark too. It is. Know. It, it is. Really have, is
0: have you seen? The, there's a show on Disney Plus. It's the Prop Show. Um, it, the name is totally escaping me. Um, but I'll send it to you because I even wrote an article on the Game of Nerds about it because I was that blown away. But they have each episode is about a specific movie. And it's about this prop guy. And he goes and looks at all the props from that specific movie. And one of them is who frames Roger Rabbit." And oh, wow. I didn't know a lot about the movie, but that whole episode alone got me in love with the movie because I guess it was the first of its time to use that technology. It had yeah. licensings and it was in a loophole at the time that would change the way how licensing franchise was from that time on. Um, There's so many little pieces, and how you know uh, the stuntmen, and how they had to create all the effects were done in a specific way.
1: It's the little things that add up. Like everybody, it, it's the the beauty of of having a production like that. You know, just everybody like bringing their A game, and you just it, it feels like a Super Bowl winning squad. And I mean, who better to pick than Christopher Lloyd for that role? Do
0: you guys remember that this was kind of the late. The late '90s would have the era of all the Nickelodeon movies coming out. We got *Harriet the Spy*. We got *Good Burger*. I think yeah. that solidified my love for Nickelodeon because we talked about your on your guys's podcast. Everybody is either a Disney kid or they're a Nickelodeon kid. Everyone here is Nickelodeon kid, oh, obviously. Totally. Uh, what are some of your favorite Nickelodeon shows that you absolutely love? Because I'm I, like I said, I remember watching Harriet the Spy a bazillion
1: times. Oh, this like they were crushing it because for the 90s kids, the like the plan was, all right, Friday night. You already know what it is. T.G.I.F. We're going to line it up with the Saturday morning lineup in the morning and then like snick. they going to hold us down in the afternoon going into the evening. <laughs> all right. It's a gangster party. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember Saturday nights from the night yep. we got to stay up late, and that was only because Nick, Nickelodeon was up late. So we got to go, you know, like we got to stay up late. Because if you remember, mm-hmm. there was a distinct turn in when Nickelodeon stopped and it became uh, Nick. Was it
1: Nick at Night? Man, I would watch that stuff with my grandma. You know, like I think that's a big part of me being like a, a sitcom nerd because I, I love the black and white stuff. I like I would watch mm-hmm. I Love Lucy and uh, Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke and stuff like that. Man, and th- that was like another thing for '90s kids. You know, uh, watching Nick at Night uh, with with your mom or your your grandparents. You know. Um,
2: Oh yeah, the, Perry. I watch Perry Mason. Remember those kind of shows, like those uh, yeah? old people shows that I would watch. Those with yeah. my grandparents. Be like, why am I watching Matlock?
1: Yeah, and, uh, Mash. When it was, when Mash came on, it was time Dude, to go to Ma- bed. Like, it's I will past, yeah. say
2: this: I'd beca- Mash. I'll
1: get like grew on me. Yeah, I, Mash grew
0: on me because good. my parents. Yeah, the Mash grew on me because my dad.
1: Well, it, it was on for like 110 years. Yeah, I'm assuming it, like there's some good aspect to it. Dude, Do you Hawkeye, guys remember dude? on
0: Sunday was infomercials? It wasn't Nick O'Knight. It was infomercials. And my mom would get so mad. She's like, what the hell are you guys watching? I'm like, we're watching the infomercial. That'd be some like, stupid CD set of like hello, It was some romance. British guy
2: with a bow tie like, this'll get out all the stains. And it just <laughs> like... <laughs> uh so remember, um, remember how tv channels used to just at a certain point just stop you know it was like, now it's like they'll play the national anthem and then boom! color bars yeah, yeah. fuck. Dude. or scatter vision do too much anymore so yeah
0: well i always I always tell you know the kids that i nanny of like oh thank god you guys don't have to listen to the aol dial-up tone like that was oh. like perfectly ingrained mm-hmm. in my brain it like i don't even like the fax tone doesn't even come close. Like I like I listen to the fax machine go, and I'm like, "You fucking AOL imposter!" Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's It's like giving you PTSD?
2: <laughs> Is it gonna connect? Is it gonna connect? Am I gonna be able to IM that person?
0: My mom got so pissed with us being on the internet line that they got a the second line just so that we would like because my mom got so tired of a missing calls. Or B, my grandma would be trying to call in and it'd just be the busy signal for hours on end because my brother's like playing Pokemon. Pop it, pop it on AOL. When AOL was just the game stream, this is how like back in AOL I was. You had a screen name and you went into all these game rooms where it had a chat room. This is before ASL, you guys, before ASL. You go in and play the (laughs) game. Grandma wasn't watching us play these games and talk to these people. And now I think, oh, man, Grandma, what the fuck were you doing?
1: Yo, so, like, my first experience of Catfish, like, I was 15 years old and, like, just starting an account on AOL chat and all that shit. So like this this adult woman starts like a conversation with me and she tells me about how she used to date Sebastian Bach for I don't know you millennials new millennials Sebastian Bach was in a, a hair band back in the day called Skid Row. All right. And so like she's referring she starts referring to him by his government name. I can't remember what it was. It's like, yeah, he's from Indiana. But and me being 50 year old, this is like the birth of Internet. So like, oh, yeah, this is a totally a real woman who who found something in me, this anonymous 15 year old black kid in Midwest America, and I'm going along with it. So, yeah, like, when do you come in Ohio? It's one of the things we're looking
2: back like, oh, my God, what a fucking moron. <laughs> Chad's like, is this woman literally going to take me to meet Sebastian Bach in the week? Like, are we about to meet
1: up? And I was in like a punk band at the time. It's like, man, maybe this is my gate. This is my key. Oh <laughs> this is how it happens. Like, uh, this is going to be Steve Bass yeah.
2: comes in. I was like, hey,
1: Steve. <laughs> You're fucking yeah. great, bro. He's going to get back with Skid <laughs> Row. They're going to go on tour. And then we're going to be the opening act. We're going to go on a road <laughs> with Sebastian Bach. All right. Just got to talk to this lady. <laughs> thank, God,
0: thank God our parents didn't know how to search history then, right? They could have really seen what we were oh
2: up uh, to. My dad was actually, like, highly good with cause He, like, worked with computers. Uh, so we had them early. So, like... There were definitely times where I didn't hide like a search properly and he's like, "So, you're searching big boobs. What's that all about?" It's like, "Son of a bitch, dad. You know what it's about. You know what it's about. Come on." Oh my god, uh,
1: like do you remember like GeoCities and like uh Angel Fire? Like I I was really into uh, creating websites yeah. with that kind of format. <laughs> and I'm thinking that like, oh man, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs. I'm going to be like yeah. this big computer scientist from Ohio. And it was just like, looking back on it, that shit was like, so like beginner level.
0: Well, what cracks <laughs> me up is we had to take like a computer class. And that was like part of our, assi- like our whole project for the entire semester was to create a website that we had to use and it had to work and everything like that. And I specifically remember the teacher not showing us a fucking thing the entire semester. And it was just like, yeah, go do whatever you want. And literally, people would have, like, different websites about different things. But then, like, 95% of us had a separate website that we were doing at home that was, like, 10 times better than what we were doing at school. Because we were applying what we were learning. But, yeah, that and the AIM. I remember your away message for AIM for in-semester had to be oh, yeah. yeah. Like, if it wasn't unlocked, you you were screwing yourself. I mean, it was, like, almost the <laughs> equivalent of not having the right song on MySpace or your
2: MySpace. See, we had to deal with the stress. Like, even just putting together a good, well, like, thought out AIM message. Like, a good interaction on I used to just think I was great at that. I felt like well, I was, was a bit my- of, like, the stress you put. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this <laughs> reference is going to land. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> it's like writing for David Letterman, Mary. but you're just like trying to write Mary from down the street on AIM. It was like, yeah. what, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to hit. I did a lot of
0: quotes and lyrics. That was like my thing was like, oh, I take part oh, in that yeah. song. Like I had a huge emo phase there for
2: a while. So I always oh. thought those people were deep. I never hit that level of wokeness online where I was like, guys, just like, we just all need to, up, you know, like one of those like good quotes. Like just yeah. sitting here looking on a mountaintop thinking everybody's just all the same thing. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Okay. If you guys could bring something back from the nineties, cause I know like we're, we're older now. We just want nostalgia. We've learned that, you know, the fucking world sucks. Okay. Just give us the things that we love. Is there mm-hmm. one thing, what are some things that you want back right now? I,
1: I want, I, I want another wrestling revolution. Um, I feel like in, in the 90s, like it exceeded the realms of professional wrestling. Like everybody knew, like these guys became household names. It was like the next wave. Like the Hulk Hogan thing in the 80s was a huge deal. The rock and wrestling, but the 90s, everybody knew who Stone Cold was. Everybody had seen this, like people in the hallways. It was a, like, it was a whole thing. Like it was yeah. just catching in so many different ways.
0: I feel like they were the original influencers. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, they made themselves their own brand to the point that they just sold themselves.
1: Like, what you saw during that time, Shannon, was a lot of people who were becoming themselves, but more in a bombastic way. Like, when, when Dwayne Johnson first started, he was the tongue-in-cheek, all-around good guy. He was, like, waving to the crowd and shit. And then there was this time when... Uh, The ringmaster Steve Austin was starting to become a real Texan like he actually is. And then Dwayne Johnson was starting to become this sarcastic, like actually witty, funny guy with charisma, like, you know, who's actually like really the rock that we know now. Um, so there was a lot of that. And it was the rise of the anti antihero um, when it was kind of cool to do bad things sometimes. And, and not just in professional wrestling, but that was like in the movies, too. You were starting to see like usual suspects like, oh, Kevin Spacey this whole time. Wow. And also the music. Um, we, we talked about Woodstock 99 in our current episode. My buddies had mentioned that, man, this might have been the last great era for rock you had the best of the best at that festival and like ever since then the rock stars now have been rappers and i love rap i'm a hip-hop fanatic but you don't have kurt cobain's you don't have uh any uh billy corgans there's no smashing pumpkins not to my knowledge and i check for the new shit i check for yeah. the new shit like there's not a movement like that anymore you know
2: i'm like steve i don't i i like i agree with everything steve said i mean i think we all do anyway but For me, what I want to see, if it's a product, I want clearly Canadian sparkling water to be brought back. If anybody remembers that, this is a very suburban reason Why?
0: I don't know. Guys, it's
2: crisp, it's delicious, it's sweet, and uh, it came in a really stylized glass bottle that I still remember. And this is just a quality product.
0: Mine is the Ninja Turtle cereal. Can can I? I legit remember eating that Mm. cereal box upon box upon box upon box and now thinking back because of all my food allergies it's probably the only food i could eat so um the freaking ninja turtle cereal they
1: they should have never stopped that one because like whenever a movie was released they would offer you the flip book remember flip books yeah that would be the prize like if if uh, TMNT uh, 2 just came out. Like around that time, they would give you the flip books for one of the scenes. And like yeah. the one I got was the Vanilla Ice scene. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah it, oh, it's so cool. Go, Ninja. It, go, Ninja. Yeah, go. go Dude, that God. shit is
2: so. I mean, people hate on that movie. Teenager Ninja Turtle purists Next out movie. there hate it. But I, that movie, I just thought it was fucking great. I love that movie. Shut up, Vanilla wow. Ice, too. White man says never pay
0: for late pizza.
2: Watch the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. The one with just like 1990, I think, is when it came out.
1: That's the one with Casey Jones, right? Yeah. 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 But that
2: movie, they put a lot of work into that. And that's what I miss about the 90s. Is like they didn't have the ability to just put fucking a guy in Casablanca. DJ, yeah. You know, they had to figure out how to physically do it. And like having that creativity, I miss them doing like shit like that. When you watch a Ninja Turtles movie now, like I don't even hate the new ones, but it's just not Mm -hmm. as good because it not being a physically like filmed thing, just, I don't, for whatever reason, it just never works. Yeah. And like the thing in movies I miss the most, I want somebody like Quentin Tarantino to come around again, who actually you go to see his movie. You don't go to see Spider-Man. I don't even really know too many new directors other than like Taika Waititi and stuff. Yeah. He's one that comes to mind. But like somebody like that who it's just like a new, he almost creates like a wave of movies because it's just that good. I miss a Tarantino type personality or Robert Rodriguez, somebody like that. It's just creativity making fun at work. shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, you want the creativity and you work. And it's funny yeah. that you bring up Ninja Turtles because I just read an article um, about, you know, like things you didn't know about making mo- the thing, your favorite movies. And so I guess when they made the Ninja Turtles, the costumes were so heavy. The costumes alone were 85 pounds or something like that. In the first day of shooting, all of the actors in costume lost five pounds. By the end of the week, they were down 20 pounds. When they, when they filmed the fight scenes, because the costumes were so heavy... They were slow to do the the fight scenes. So when you're actually watching the Ninja Turtles movie, you guys, the fight scenes are all sped up, double timed. Wow. So then that way it made it look right.
2: And it looks so cool though. Like again, mm-hmm. it's having that hat, like whatever they had to do to get it done, it just like that end fight scene with Shredder on top of the the building. Yeah is just a good mark. It's one of the best, like martial art movie scenes that I remember from my childhood, just something like that. It was just not, and it wasn't just like a kid's movie, you know, it was just like, yeah. damn, this
1: is a good fucking movie. Was Ernie Reyes one of the performers in the suits? Yeah. Like, did, wh- okay. Yeah, I think like, he was see, Michelangelo. Yeah. and he, he, he doesn't get enough props. I feel like he's a nineties icon because he was, he was getting it in, man. Uh, wasn't he in a surf ninjas? Yeah, and he was
2: Keno. I mean, he made it, he got out of the suit in the second one, so...
1: And you know what? With the advent of internet, there are some things that were groundbreaking in the 90s that because of the internet, it's not going to be as novel. Like, because of, okay, Blair Witch Project. Like, at the time, this was like a novel idea, and it caught the world by storm. Whereas with now, like, you can do so much research before the shit is even released and just be like, oh, okay... All right, there's just like by the time it's released, you're like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Blah blah blah. Nothing's going to catch you off guard.
2: Yeah. It's crazy to think about that movie now, and like, like that movie is one of the most groundbreaking movies in hindsight because they informed a way of filming movies, like those found footage movies. They started that.
0: It's not like now where we have actual Marvel people who are looking out and scoping out every the- you know where Marvel's filming. We had no idea the behind the scenes and it wasn't until you know the newspaper started digging into it. Well, how did you make this? How did this get involved? Now they're finding the holes in the stories to find out, hey, this is really how it was done.
1: We're too smart. We're we're too smart for our own good, literally, in that in that sense.
0: The first movie too that like the news actually put an alert out. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh, like. Be they had missing posters
2: like in post offices for those kids, like months mm-hmm. leading up to yeah. it.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. It was an it was extra mile like that. Yeah. And, and th- you know what? Bravo to the promotion, because that's considered marketing. And yeah. in a way, like that, that is the genesis of the new wave of marketing.
0: Well, like we were talking about on your guys' podcast, Nickelodeon was ahead of its time. I remember a good chunk of Nickelodeon's TV just being live action game shows. Like, yeah, we had prices, right? And we had occasional game shows on like, you know, NBC and CBS. But a good chunk of Nickelodeon's lineup was reality TV live action shows. Um, So I feel like they were ahead of your time. And I think Pete and Pete, that was your example on your podcast. Pete and Pete was way above its time. And you felt like Pete and Pete wasn't supposed to be meant for that channel. But somehow it landed on Nickelodeon. And all right, we're just going to run with it. And it was a beautifully, it almost... After watching a couple episodes, I'm like, this should have probably been on, like, ABC or, like, you know, CBS. Like, it was... I mean, I it's so it well... And people show. don't...
2: Especially, like, back then, it was a show that was almost, like... It had kind of, like, that Sandlot vibe. Where it was, like, the hyper-imaginations of kids. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. it was just one of those things, like, the bullies in it. Like, if you watch the show, there's so many deep, like, Easter eggs and stuff that they did. And, um... I just remember as a kid, like not re- like even as an adult, when I went back and watched it in college, like seeing all the shit that just flew over your head or you didn't appreciate it at the time. It, it was filled with like these quirky celebrities like Iggy Pop was in it. Um, yeah. All the you know, a lot of like really creative people went into it. And I just think Nickelodeon, because they were new anyway, and they just had to like figure it out. They were like, we'll take whatever we can get at this point. And we'll make it work. And they just
1: were lucky enough to get like a Pete and Pete. They had a certain edge to them over Disney. They were just like more catered to like the cutesy. (laughs) Whereas like Nickelodeon, man, like they had some like grit to it. I felt, you know, even with Rugrats, there was a certain like undertone to it, man, that like. I mean, are you
2: afraid of the dark? You turn that on on, on the wrong day and you're just going to fuck up and have like nightmares for the next few days.
0: That was one of the few Nickelodeon shows that I could not watch. Like if my brother had already gone to bed and like the lights were off, it was like, oh, we're calling it early for the I can't do this by myself. It was, the music. It was yeah. like
2: when you heard Unsolved Mysteries music and like the lights were down, you were just like, I we got to turn this. Okay. I don't want to hear this shit. I gotta no. like get upstairs because I had a finished basement. So, like, when you turn the lights off, uh, it was just like you had to run up the fucking stairs and so John was <laughs> just do, do,
0: do, do, on do. our oh my god, yeah, no, nope. start singing that theme song and I'll start like the anxiety will start creeping out of me. We were just talking, John, the last episode on convention, he goes, Yeah, I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries. And we've come to the terms that our parents showed us that show just so we wouldn't get into fucking trouble. like, you'll th- this is what will happen. If you do that, you'll end up on unsolved mystery. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: Man. laughs> and what was his name? Robert Stack, his, yeah. his yeah. ominous voice, man. Like <clears throat> another one for me in the nineties was uh, like, this might be weird, but Dragon Ball Z at the end. I don't know if you ever watched it, but like that guy on the next Dragon Ball Z.
2: I re- I remember one time uh when I was real like maybe like 7 or 8. Uh we were yeah. watching Unsolved Mysteries and it was like a Halloween special with like where they would show like hauntings and shit. And as a yeah. kid I was fucking into all that like believed yeah. in it. Was just yeah. like really fucking into this episode and uh the power cut off like right when they're showing like the ghost and my oh parents were, I just remember that, like that show was so powerful. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> no. <laughs> my mom would
0: show us the abduction episode. And she's like, yeah, this is what will happen. If you don't like shape up at the mall and oh follow my my me. Yeah. That's
2: crazy. No. My mom inadvertently scarred me and my friend Hank's lives because we were super into UFOs. And there was a movie that came out in the nineties called fire in the sky. Yeah that was based on a true story first off and i don't know how it stacks up i've been too terrified to watch it but she took us to the theater to watch this fucking movie and at a certain point this guy just gets abducted and they put like it like spikes into this guy's head (laughs) and me and my like seven-year-old friend are like (gasps) in the theater and she looks over and is like we're going and takes us <laughs> out because it was way too intense. So yeah. ha- have you ever seen Tales from the Hood,
1: Shannon? Yes, hey, the yeah, 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 that like that is a moment that scared the shit out of me. And still to this day, Clarence Williams, the third is uh, RIP. He just passed like earlier this year, one of the greatest performers of his time. And uh he plays like this funeral house director and he's yeah. telling stories there's like three or four different like stories throughout this movie. And yeah. like at the end, he turns into like this, like satanic uh, being with like horns popping out. And like he, his tongue like comes out and slithers and he's like, welcome to hell, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, dude. That shit and is wild. Like, whoa.
2: That reminds me of yeah. My Girl. Jeez. I saw My Girl once and never
1: fucking wanted to
0: see it again. That movie is way fucking too dark for children
2: oh, to see. Man. I mean, anything where the it's like a kid's movie and the dad, like the dad of the main character is a funeral home. It's like wild shit. I think, mean, yeah. That
0: and Sixth Sense, those are the only two movies that like really sucked me up in the head. I was just like, uh, I'm going to have to take a few days to process this
2: shit. I'm so old. Like when I saw Sixth Sense, I was just like like all the people that watched it the first time, like, holy shit. <laughs> did see that coming you know but
0: once again that's the true hallmark of a good movie I think that's what I miss about the 90s is the cre- like we talked about the creativity the work the thought mm. you know all these movie and TV they're now being rushed to like oh yeah we gotta get it out we gotta fill these holes and we have gotta do this nothing is like so when we I guess when we find these gems that do come out like we'll get a Quentin Tarantino movie we'll get a type TV movie that's really great we end up like, yeah, they're really great. But then we end up ripping them to shreds because we've just have been spoiled with so much shit.
2: Well, you don't remember it. That's my thing. Like I love Marvel movies. I love the new shit that they're bringing out. Loved Loki. Definitely was yeah. into that shit. Looking forward to everything. But like, yeah. I don't remember movie. I used to be able to quote movies and then guys smoked a lot of pot in my life. Had a lot of this, you know, did get chemo. I think that might've affected the memory a little bit, but like, I have a good memory, you know, yeah. and I remember the shit like Tommy boy. I can basically recite that whole movie to you live right now.
1: So that guy in yeah, a little exactly. coat. and you already know, like, or even hey, the Dango ate my baby. Like Anything. you already know, like something that stands out and it's like relevant still to this day. Like we don't have that. You so crazy. Yeah.
2: And now you watch it and like, if it's a like, show, you consume it in a week or whatever I mean at least Marvel they trickle it out and don't give you everything in one pop but yeah. for me that's the thing I don't like about it it's like it's not I remember Ninja Turtles the movie I maybe it's because I was a little kid and I didn't have as much information in there but it's like all those are in my head but when I walk away from you know a, a Loki it's I just walk away like yeah that was cool but yeah. that's it you know I don't really know what else to say about it
0: alright if you guys had something that you wish you had known in the nineties that you would say now, or what, 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 what knowledge do you have to bring from the nineties to now that we could use?
1: Um, man. Okay. Like this kid, Tom Brady, who plays for Michigan, even though you hate Michigan, you're probably not going to like this guy, put your (laughs) money on him every time. Like yeah, you that's like,
2: definitely you should... a Marty McFly situation that I would like to do, too. Steve. Get me in yeah. on that. Throw that yeah. magazine at me, too, bro.
0: For me, it's just, I feel like we need to go back to the 90s mentality of kind of, like, slowing down and, like, enjoying things. I think in the 90s, we did things for us. We did things that made us happy, whether that was, you know, like, doing sports or, like, my dad was a race car driver. You, you had hobbies. You got to do everything. Yeah. I think now we're so caught up in this hustle, hustle. You have to be productive. You got to get it, go- you know, you got to do, you got to accomplish. Um, I think I kind of missed that about the 90s, you know, being able to sit on the couch all day and watch TV and not feel like a useless piece of shit at the end of the day
1: i do that in the 2020s.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, shit, there's bad days That's what I'm about where to it's do. like, I'm about to go watch YouTube for three hours. Just check out. I need an explanation of that Loki episode eight times in a row, just to make sure it all sticks in, you know?
0: <laughs> well, that, see, now I wasted my I wasted my hours this week, you know, Googling semen with my cousins, you know, the videos hey. for that. <laughs> so see, there hey. you
2: are. I just hope people would, I just want people to have the same, like, you know obviously there's a lot of things that have happened that are good but just like having a sense of humor about stuff in a way that we you know like we used to be ball busters and stuff and be able to sort of have the the character just to sort of you know live in that situation it wasn't a mean thing when me and like if me and steve talk and we're like say, yeah fuck you you piece of shit like stuff like yeah. that it's just like it's, it's uh, not a bad thing and uh i miss that just like in The thing that I sort of still do and I'm trying to do now I mean I I guess I have carried this through the 90s is having a core group of friends like that group of friends and having like a like we all move around and stuff but I'm trying to figure out a solution to sort of get that community feel that I've lost as an adult like moving to all these big cities you know being able to hang out with a buddy every like week and having these group of friends that you can depend on other than like a phone call or a a text or some shit, you know, and trying to like get that back a little bit, like instead of being like this LA thing where it's just, you live in a big city surrounded by people, but you just want to stay as locked in as possible. You know, it seems to be the vibe out here. Being a mom, I have kind of had to
0: learn that lesson, you know, over the last year is, you know, who, who can I depend on? Who can I call who you building that village? As I like to say in our house, we build the village and, you know, you are two people who came into my life this year um, that I've met and just once again, adding to our village, finding people who, you know, you can text weird memes to and say, Hey, did you see that latest episode of Loki? Did you see the reboot of Rugrats? Did you think it's a piece of shit? um you know Mm -hmm. and having those moments when you're at target and you see a new shirt or something like that you you know i saw wwe stuff this week and was thinking of you guys and that's why i'm like i don't like to (laughs) stop this even matt because i i honestly love just having conversations with you guys um if you were stuck in any 90s tv show for life what show are you going to be stuck
1: in
2: I'm going to just go just because I already answered this question on the sheet. But uh, I'm just going to say Baywatch for obvious reasons.
0: You just want to be stuck in Baywatch?
2: I, I would be stuck in. I mean, you're in Malibu, you're, you're running around on the beach. There's, you know, bodied up people everywhere. It's a very, it seems like a great life.
0: All right. Hold on. Now I'm going to flip this one on you. If you were back in the 90s right now, what TV show do you want to be most on?
2: Man.
1: Nick Arcade, um, man, I, I I really loved Nick Arcade, but man, it's I think I would go more sitcom, and uh, it it might be Family Matters. Um, Ooh, I mean, Ooh. like Urkel was such a big nerd icon to me. He was like the first nerd to make being a nerd be cool, like be okay, because yeah. he ended up stealing the show, and it was like adorable. Um, the world caught on to the Urkel dance. Like he even had his own cereal and it's like, oh man, how cool. And he could play basketball. Like, so he was like a cool nerd to me. And I thought it would be cool to like, just be one of the friends, even if I was like one of Eddie's friends or something. Um, But yeah, probably the Winslow household.
0: (laughs) Now, when you were a kid, did you still want to be in the Winslow's house or was there another TV show you were dying to be on?
1: Um, it, it would definitely be one of the game shows, man. And then, like, pro- if, if it wasn't Nick Arcade, double there. Because I, I fucked with Mark Summers heavy. yeah. Or yeah. Guts, Summers.
2: guys. If we're in just yeah. locked into the Guts studio. I always used to think they should offer that somehow as to adults. Create a space where you just get to play Guts. That's
0: the
1: one with the Crag Rock, right? The Crag, was- yeah. With My- yeah. Michael Malley. He yeah. uh, he he was like the the next uh, Mark Summers because Mike yeah. Malley was the he was the host of um, Get the Picture which my, Matt doesn't care about but Get the Picture was my shit too though.
0: I wanted it to be on Hidden Temple so fucking bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I
1: wanted, that would have been dope. Like, I wanted to be on
0: that. But then there was another one with Summer Sanders uh, with the celebrity lineup, and then they had to guess the talent, and I can't think of the name of the show. But I really wanted to be on show. Oh, that the one show, where so. they
2: would, like, Danny Tamborelli was always on, yes. like, the the panel, and they would slime people. Yeah, they would yes, bring, yes. like, a kid up, and they'd be like, this kid does this thing, and he would be, like, a juggler. Yeah, yeah, or he
0: had some weird huh. talent or something crazy. But what that was like, that. What the uh, fuck you? Hold on, now you're gonna you're gonna. It's like who? I want to say it's not whose line it's anyway because that's a whole different show. But it was like guess the guess the something. I don't know. But I really what? wanted to be on that show too. Figure I
1: have, it out. Figure it out. Okay, see that was after my time. My my after my stint.
2: With, Summer with Sanders also beautiful was a probably like a Nickelodeon crush of mine as well.
1: I always envied the kids who who would win the Nickelodeon like shopping sweepstakes. Like whoever won would go through like. Toys R Us. KB Toys, just,
2: guys. It was KB. KB. I always wanted that too, dude. But they never started at the video games, Steve.
1: Uh, oh, like the video games and I would fuck up the Hasbro section because Hasbro's uh, wrestling figures at that oh. time were fucking yeah. litty committee, baby. Like even the ring, they had like a little television attached yeah. to the ring to give it that authentic feel with the red, white, and blue. Oh my yeah. God, man. I had a collection.
0: Yep, they had a lot of things. For me, I always wanted to hang out with Bill Nye. Like that was like I thought Bill Nye was the coolest person on the fucking. I think he is the coolest oh, fucking man. person He's on the planet. Scared.
2: He's scared. Bill Nye seems like unapproachable to me. He like people like that. I was like, aw-
0: I wanted to be with Bill Nye because I wanted to learn more science and do all the fun experiments with him, but if I had to choose a 90s show that I would want to be stuck in forever as an adult, send me back to Dawson's Creek. I'm going to just hang out with Casey. Yeah, thank you. I I needed it. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Katie Holmes. Go Ohio. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, you guys have, obviously, a 90s podcast, and now I have to kind of ask you, how did you guys kind of get into 90s? Like, how did you... Obviously, I know you guys are friends. You guys have been friends since high school. But how, how did you just decide, all right, let's get together on a weekly basis and chit chat about the
1: 90s? Man, this shit was organic because like if if you watch the show happen in the 90s, what you see me and Matt do, we've essentially been doing like most of our lives together. Um, and it's just ironic how, like, I've known about Matt since junior high, but I didn't, like, know him until high school. And, like, our last name starts with G. So, like, throughout those four years in high school, our lockers were, like, close to each other. And we rode the same bus because, ironically, we lived down the street from each other. Um, living in the same neighborhood rode the same bus we had some of the same classes together and we would sit in the back of the bus sit in the back of the of the class cracking jokes on ourselves on each other um on other people and like we just kept this relationship to the point where like we eventually became roommates freshman year in college uh and then it intensified it like just the more like tomfoolery continued um and we've remained friends and in contact. And we somehow were doing podcasts. Um, it got to the point where, uh, hey, buddy, like you've been doing this shit for a while. I've been doing this. Let's cross promote. And we just been talking about like, you know, sharing time on each other's shows to the point where it's like, dude, this is the same guy I actually knew at this time. We both talk about this shit. We've been talking about this shit when it was happening in the 90s. Um, we have a catalog to pick from and we could just rant, um, which is something you see us do on the show a lot, Do. Um, so it
2: was just natural to me doing these podcasts. I have another one. I it's, we basically have taken a break from it, but like, it's wide. Like you said, Steve, we started to at least acknowledge, we want to do something creative together. We've always talked about it when we were in college, I was very much like, I wanted to write movies and stuff. And we have always as adults just sort of put this thing out where we want to do a collaboration. We want to do something creative together. And then it's like, I think everybody sort of faces whenever we all got sort of pandied down and locked into our houses and stuff. It's like, what am we going to do? What we got to fill this time. And yeah, like, for yeah. me, it's cool. Podcasts are cool. Cause it's like, gives you a reason to talk to a good friend if you do it with a good friend. So for me, it's like, sure. We get a show out of it, but ultimately it's like just cool to fucking talk to Steve. We obviously love talking to each other. He's a great friend. Like he's we set our past and stuff, but to be able to just to like sit down and just have these kind of fun chats with each other. It's just fun. And if you got to schedule it, I fuck it. I guess that's how you have to do it to be an adult friend now, but,
0: uh, I started this podcast because it's the same way after being stuck in the pandemic and, and you only have uh, i love my husband and my daughter very, very much, but it's nice to talk to other human beings and, and talk about things that you love and that you're passionate about. And it's not something that's going on in your house in the, Pandemic, like yeah, wow, I get like,
2: fucking old. Well, plus, like and, me and Steve, yeah. the thing I like. Sorry, Steve, but just okay. one thing, real quick. Like the thing I love about our thing is we can talk nineties. But like when we start our show, kind of like we did here, sometimes we'll just like do something before the intro, and it's usually like something personal. A lot of my shits have just been like, um, I don't think I'm entertaining. I think I'm funny when I'm combined with somebody good, like somebody yeah. really talented, like Steve. Yeah.
1: And uh fortunately man, for me, I know cr- how
2: to edit. I can edit yeah. this shit. See, so.
1: Here's the thing with Matt, man. More people fuck with him than he is allowing himself to admit. This is all like, what you just heard? That's that's some mad shit. Because like, hey, bro, like you could tell yeah. the motherfucker how funny he is. And like, you know, but he'll be thinking about some other shit, man. And it's like, no, dude, like I I didn't pick it with just some like Joe Schmo, like other person, like I picked you for a very valid reason, because like one of the first things I knew about Matt was he had a sense of humor. Oh, this guy watches the same shit I watch. He's like, we're both like hilarious, like we would trade time, like. What you see on that show is what we were doing in the back of the class when we were 15, 16, when we were in the back of the bus. Like, oh, stupid bus driver. Yeah, yeah, that's how she sounds right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sit down. Like that was us Um, just being rambunctious, teen angsty, like just. But at the same time, hilarious, because it's like uh, I, I know if it'll make him laugh. Like, it's funny. Like, he is like. And, and I do this with all my friends. If I feel like my friends have a good sense of humor, I've known them for some time. Uh, like, man, if I know he's gonna chuckle, it'll, 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 it'll pop. All right. Well, Matt,
0: you've
1: officially need to just marry Steve. I,
2: I mean, i so, I feel so great now. I'm gonna leave this and just be walking on the air the rest of the day, Steve. Thank you so much. I feel like I haven't complimented you enough, Steve. I mean, it's, Jesus. It's,
1: it was like I, I dressed all that down to say, like, man, this is fate. This is fake. Like, we were supposed to be doing some shit. Like, motherfucker, we, you were, like, two lockers away from me for four years. Uh, we were, like, sitting there with each other in back of, like, algebra and shit. Uh, we were roommates <laughs> in college, bro. Like, shit, man.
0: Well, usually I tell my friends and our followers, how can our fans follow you, stalk you? You know, where can they find your goods?
2: So, obviously, we're on YouTube. Uh, just search happened in the 90s. It'll come up. You can see our beautiful faces. Um, you can email us at HIT90s, all spelled out. Uh, dot com. uh Instagram happened in the 90s. Twitter, HIT90s. Facebook ad happened in the 90s. And we have a WordPress site. It's happened in the 90s, dot WordPress, dot com and yeah, I mean, reach out. We love interaction. We love fucking around. So if you and want you to just-
0: you guys have episodes more frequent than I do. You can drop every Thursday. You guys are on top of your shit.
2: We do. We, I mean, I, I thank you for noticing. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> now, do you guys have any personal in Instagram, anything anybody can follow you, stalk you on if it's not podcast related? And we just want to, you know, stalk you to stalk you.
1: Uh, I, I don't know if it's tied to our uh, Happen in the 90s account, but mine is uh, at Stevie F That's S-T-E-V-I-E-F-N-G. And I'm a meme hoarder. Yeah. Um, and like I, 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 I appreciate the art of meme sharing. Like there, there's a certain man, you, you got to release them before it becomes like commonly seen. Like you gotta get them like fresh off the truck, and I try to do that. So like, if you, if you want like fresh memes before it hits the masses, holla at your boy.
0: You guys, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. I love you guys to death. We will. I have oh, to have you, you guys Shady. on multiple, multiple times. And as always, if you guys need a wing woman, you know where to find me. Um,
1: awesome. You guys thank you so our much.
0: You <laughs> fucking are awesome. I love you
1: guys. Yeah, we are people down.
0: If you liked this episode and you want to hear more, you can find the Game of Nerds podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the other places you like to stream your second favorite podcast because obviously we're your first. If you need to catch up with the latest nerd news, reviews, or recommendations, you can head over to thegameofnerds.com. And make sure you're following us on all our various social media channels from Instagram to Twitter as The Game of Nerds. As always, nerds, level up or respawn.